y'all don't. Some of y'all might get with this, and some of y'all won't, but listen. Let me. DFS MVP, 4for4.com's director of DFS, TJ Hernandez, alongside me. I'm Holden Kushner, and we have episode 145 of DFS MVP. And before we get started, I mean, this the junior year of college, girls just going crazy to this song. Absolutely. <laughs> now, I never went on spring break, but still at the at the clubs, they'd even be going crazy. Did you ever do spring break, by the way? Uh, yeah, I did. I did Cabo one year. Oh, boy, that must have been fun. Anyways, yeah. this was the spring break <laughs> song back then, 1996, right? 1996, Let Me Clear My Throat from DJ Cool from the album, Let Me Clear My Throat. You can find that song along with all of the other intros to the DFS MVP podcast on the DFS MVP Spotify playlist. Go to Spotify, search DFS MVP, or look for it on my Twitter. Before we get into everything today, Underdog Fantasy released their new format of snake drafts called Battle Royale. These are one-week snake drafts where you not only play against the teams in your snake draft, but you play against teams from other drafts. Sets up a tournament-style structure. Search Underdog Fantasy in the App Store. Or go to underdogfantasy.com, use the code 4 for 4 that's the number 4, F-O-R, the number 4, to let them know that we sent you. I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. Yep. We got uh, the three games we already played. We won't, we won't two have. Or two, two games, games, yeah. We already played. Well, we the, wish it was three. The third game ain't even getting played till Tuesday <laughs> with the yeah. Ravens and the Steelers, so excuse me, so... Um, you know, on the Thursday slate too, yeah. that Chase Claypool had like five percent ownership. Yeah, I, I I ended up dialing it way back when it went down to two games. Three three games is just like perfect. It's like those weekend um, playoff slates. Obviously, mm-hmm. those are four, but it's just similar size. The drop from three to two just uh, it was a bummer. So I ended up barely playing. <laughs> I, I played and I lost money. So yeah, that's what happened on my Thanksgiving. It was. Uh, it was not profitable at all. Anyways, week 12 this weekend should be. And I also want to remind everybody, Black Friday, mm-hmm. Cyber Monday sale. We got monster sales. So sign up now if you haven't already. Access to the DFS sub is $14. It's only $14. And it doesn't just stop at the end of the regular season. Who knows? A, we might have an 18-game season. And B, we do in the playoffs too. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, through Monday. It's less than a, a buy-in to the millionaire to maybe win the millionaire. So make sure you sign up. It's uh, it's never going to be cheaper. Okay, very good. Let's get into it. Uh, quarterback this week, why wouldn't you have Josh Allen on there? I think this has got to be number one chalk week for Josh Allen going up against the Chargers. 8,600 Fandle, 7,600 DraftKings. Yep, in, in cash, uh, we've had a few weeks where we've had – some of the big names off of the main slate. So it's let us uh, have some pay down weeks, kind of get contrarian at quarterback. Uh, it's back to having at least a few of the big dogs on the slate. We have Josh Allen on there, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Kyler Murray. So when you have multiple heavy hitters like we have this year, uh, you don't want to get too far away from those. And Josh Allen is the most affordable of that group, but has a similar ceiling to those guys against the Chargers. Uh, Buffalo's favored by four and a half. This game has an over under of 53. If we adjust for strength of schedule, four for four has the Chargers ranked 26 uh, in quarterback fantasy points allowed. They've allowed multiple passing touchdowns in five straight games. And we like this game a lot. Obviously, the over under suggests the shootout. The spread isn't huge, but both of these offenses rank in the top 10 in situation neutral pace, according to football outsiders. So uh, that's, that's encouraging as well. A pace up game. And then what we love about Josh Allen, obviously he's been getting it done with his arm this year, uh, but he, he has the floor with his legs, not just because he's going to rush for a ton of yards. His yardage is actually down, but if he doesn't throw for the touchdown, good chances when they're close, he's going to run for the touchdown. He's the only quarterback besides Cam Newton with at least seven rushes inside the five-yard line this year. Only 17 players in the league have at least seven rushes inside the five yard line this year and we have Josh Allen ranked as a top three value on both FanDuel and DraftKings he is the top overall value on FanDuel how much do you think he runs this week 
against the Chargers. Do you think he runs more, less, the same? He's right around seven carries, right? Yeah, char- Chargers have been playing um, a bit more zone, so I, I think it'll trend towards the uh, towards the lower side. I, I really think, even though John Brown's not out, uh, that he can do a lot of damage against this Chargers defense with his arm. Uh, we've seen Gabriel Davis play really well in spot duty. Cole Beasley's been consistent regardless of who's been on the field. So I, I think it'll be a throwing game for Josh Allen. But uh, I mean, you know, he can always he can always get you forty yards pretty easily. Yeah, I don't think there's any any doubt about that. So we got Josh Allen up there. And then just looking at a non-mobile quarterback is always difficult. Mm-hmm. But Derek Carr this yep. week at Atlanta, the pass funnel, 7,100 FanDuel, 57 on DK. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people might look to um, uh, a similarly priced Taysom Hill and say uh, he's the floor play, and it's hard to disagree with that when we, with what we saw from Taysom last week. But, I mean, Derek Carr is definitely the ceiling play here against a Falcons defense that ranks last in schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. Uh, I mean, we've seen teams tear them up every which way through the air. Uh, the Raiders are one of the three teams with the project besides the bills and the chiefs uh, with a projected total above 29 points. This game has an over under just under 54. And uh, you mentioned not a, not a mobile guy, uh, Derek Carr, obviously Uh, the Raiders are still going to try to run it a lot. Although the Falcons are probably the most extreme pass funnel in the league. But what we do look for is is efficiency and uh, one of the best ways to be efficient is to uh, attack deep and no team has allowed more deep completions than the Falcons Uh, on the other side the Raiders are allowing the fifth most uh, deep completions so that sets up the shootout even more Uh, but one thing that we've seen Carr evolve throughout the season this year uh, I mean and really throughout his career he's been the quintessential dink and dunk quarterback his average depth of target before the Raiders buy uh, this year 6.8 yards per attempt one of the lowest in the league that's spiked since their buy over the last five games 8.5 yards per attempt that's right around on on if we look at the full season numbers top five in the league a lot of that has to do with uh, Nelson Algalar and his 14 yard yard average depth of target coming on. Uh, obviously, Darren Waller helps a lot. Henry Ruggs, even though he's not being used a lot, he stretches the field. So Raiders, when they have thrown, they've they've thrown it deep a lot more than we've seen from from Gruden or Carr. So that's really encouraging, uh, at least in terms of offsetting their potential uh, high rush volume. So with all of those things, Derek Carr. Also a top three value on both sites. Flip-flop with Josh Allen. Carr is the top value on DraftKings, whereas Allen's the top value on FanDuel. Dalvin Cook at running back. 11K on FanDuel, 9,500 on DraftKings against Carolina. And I'm writing up his rushing prop this week. It's Mm -hmm. an astronomical 113.5 yards on the ground. Yeah, that's – I mean, that's a – a really high number to, to project or, or even uh, predict. I mean, my my knee jerk would be that you got to go under on that just because it's hard to expect anybody to get 100 yards. But from a DFS standpoint, we've seen uh, this number before. We've seen Le'Veon Bell around this range. We've seen, obviously, Christian McCaffrey around this range. And when there is a running back that is lapping the field in terms of usage, um, especially in a week where running back is extremely thin. Like we don't have any floor plays this week. We have running back committees. I mean, really our, our best floor play besides Dalvin cook is James Robinson. He's in a really tough matchup as a big underdog. Um, I mean, Derek Henry, I guess you can argue now with some injuries um, over on the indie side is in a little bit better shape than he looked a couple days ago. But just nobody has the floor that you get from Dalvin Cook, uh, averaging 31 touches per game over the last month. He's running behind the best run blocking line in the league. Minnesota leads the league in adjusted line yards, according to Football Outsiders. And Minnesota is favored by four, again, uh, against Carolina, who struggles against the run. Not only struggles against the run, but funnels points to the run. Uh, Bottom 10 in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs. Top 10 against wide receivers and quarterbacks. Top five against wide receivers, actually. So uh, we'll move on to Kareem Hunt, 6,600 FanDuel, 5,600 DraftKings at Jacksonville. 
Nick Chubb um, is priced up higher than him, and mm-hmm. I guess when you got a split like this now, Hunt, there's been a couple of games where he's had floor games. Yeah, for um, sure. Out of his last couple, but you think there's just going to be enough of a floor here where you got to play him? Yeah, I think there's just going to be enough to go around uh, the Browns' backfield. Period. Uh, they're favored by seven against a Jaguars defense that ranks in the bottom ten in schedule adjusted points allowed to every skill position, including a twenty-fourth ranking. Uh, against running backs and like i said with dalvin cook the, the reason we like cook is because they're just it's such a, a thin running back uh pool this week so in those weeks you're going to have to do some things that you might not usually do in both cash games and gpps one of those things is be okay with taking a a running back that's in a committee and these guys are uh about as close to even committees you can get. They're both averaging almost exactly 16 touches per game over the last two weeks since Chubb returned from his injury. Now, Chubb did out-touch Hunt, uh, I think it was 20 to 14 last week, but I would argue that the salary is more than compensating for that. We have uh, Hunt. He is a $1,800 discount to Chubb on FanDuel. He's a $1,500 discount to Chubb on DraftKings. So, in that situation, I mean, at, at the very least in cash games, I think you just take the massive discount on the guy that still has 15 touch. I would, I would say, yeah, his his median projection is probably around 15 touches with 20 touch ceiling uh, against this Jaguars team who they really should run all over. Now, we, we know that the Browns aren't going to keep giving 71% of their touches to their running backs. That's what they've given to Hunt and uh, Chubb over the last two weeks. They, they've had some crazy weather games that's contributed to that a lot. But, I mean, I still think this is a team that they run so much. If, if Hunt and Chubb, they can combine for 60% of the touches pretty easily. So um, I'm fine with both of these guys in, in any format. But uh, from a value perspective, it's really hard to look past that discount on Hunt. There's got to be a wide receiver there that we can pick on. Not in cash, oh. but yards after catch. The Jaguars have given up 1,458. Yeah. I mean, that is that is by far – well, they're worse than Seattle. They've given up more than Seattle. Those two teams are the worst. The Falcons are third. So can we find a, a receiver, please, in that game? Yeah, I think, I think there's a couple options. And maybe Kareem Hunt's another guy that uh, can get some yards after the catch out of the backfield. Here we go. Wide receiver – Keenan Allen, uh, he, he's just every week, 8,200 FanDuel, 8,000 DraftKings. We don't have uh, Devontae Adams this week. He's going up against Buffalo. You and I, we both like that game a lot. So Keenan Allen, no-brainer. Yeah, I mean, especially because we, we have quite a few question marks at the top of the, the wide receiver ranks. We have uh, Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones, both uh, limited or um, – or missing practice, so so that's um, a huge issue there. DeAndre Hopkins going up against New England, who hasn't been the New England of, of old, but, I mean, still still a tough matchup there. Uh, and Keenan Allen's just been uh, – he's been the guy. He's the only player in the league with a 30% target share on the season. Now, if you look at Devontae Adams' games, he's been active. He's obviously above that. But Keenan Allen's been pretty consistent – uh, around that 30% mark, no matter how you break up the, the season. He leads the league in target share versus zone coverage, and that is especially important uh, against the Bills. The Bills, they've been playing a lot of zone. They allow the seventh most yards per target against zone, and they've really struggled uh, in the middle of the field. So Keenan Allen uh, kind of fits into the, the game plan with all of those things. And, and one thing that Buffalo has um, has done really well on defense is they've limited the deep ball. So if Justin Herbert and the Chargers do have success against the Bills, it's going they're, they're going to have to sustain drives. Um, I don't think they're going to get a lot of shot plays that they've been relying on. I, I think Mike Williams gets taken away a bit in this game. So uh, Keenan Allen obviously always has – massive target ceiling like we've already seen him i think he already has a 19 uh, or 20 target game under his belt this year that could easily happen against buffalo just because buffalo tries to keep everything in front of him so in the game that's, that should be a shootout or has shootout potential uh keenan allen have a lot of catches in this one 
Yeah. Now, Justin Jefferson, the role will just increase. It's just too mm-hmm. good to keep him off the field. Yeah. 7K FanDuel, 6,300 DraftKings, taking on Carolina. Does it even matter if Thielen plays or not? Um, I mean, it definitely matters because, you know, Thielen's still, they're, they're pretty much neck and neck in, in terms of usage, both right around uh, 24% of team targets uh, over the last six weeks. So if Cousins doesn't play because of COVID, I mean, I'm sorry, if Thielen doesn't play because of COVID, uh, then obviously Jefferson has a, a massive target ceiling. Neither of these guys have huge target ceilings right now just because Minnesota is a run first team. Uh, they've been super efficient, and both of these guys have had big games. But I just—it's going to be really hard for both of them or either of them to really have 15 target ceilings. If Thielen's out, Jefferson has that ceiling because they really do have a super concentrated passing attack between those two guys. And the thing that where they've really started to separate of late, and and why we keep seeing Jefferson uh, ascent in those those counting numbers and efficiency numbers is because, like we talked about with Carr and playing against the Falcons, efficiency comes through the deep ball, and Jefferson's really separated himself from Thielen. If we look at the target depth, they were pretty much neck and neck going into the bye. They were being used very similarly. Since the bye, Jefferson's average depth of target has climbed above 14, while Thielen's has stayed around 10, and Cousins has he's thrown deep very efficiently he's thrown deep very often when they have thrown deep or when they have thrown they've decided to throw deep at an uh, extremely high rate cousins leads the league in touchdown rate over the last six weeks and even though the panthers are a run funnel teams have actually thrown against carolina uh at a top 12 rate over the last six weeks so uh i mean jefferson the the matchup is a little bit misleading in terms of fantasy points allowed uh he he's in a really good spot here so is he in your cash pool or yes. yeah, is he, even if Thielen's back, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Especially Still, on FanDuel. I mean, he's, he's $800 cheaper than Thielen on FanDuel and FanDuel really favors those, uh, the, the deep targets and the touchdown potential. So cousins efficiency, um, for sure there on, on DraftKings, it's a little bit more of a question, but, um, I mean, at 6,300, I'm fine playing him in cash still. Sterling Shepard is uh, another one here going up against Cincinnati. So we're going to like another giant at tight end, but 5,400 Fanduel, 5,100 DK for the amount of targets he's getting is going to be tough to pass up. And we, we really just don't have a lot of, um, a lot of pay down options at wide receiver this week. I mean, you could look to the bills wide receivers, maybe look to Nelson Aguilar, but I don't think he's going to, get nine targets every week so uh the the cheap options are are pretty thin this week and Shepard is cheap ish 5400 Fanduel, 5100 DraftKings, uh 21 percent or more of the giants targets in, in each of the last four games he's averaging eight targets in that span cincinnati's 29th in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed uh to opposing wide receivers and Sterling Shepard has one of the better individual matchups of the week. LaShawn Sims, uh, the Bengals corner, has allowed the most yards in coverage this year. He's allowed the fifth most fantasy points per target. Uh, so Shepard should mostly line up on him. Obviously, there's going to be some movement across the formation, but uh, even if he plays 50% of his snaps against Sims, that's that's uh, reason to believe he has some upside to go with his volume this week. A uh, tight end. Let's just go to Darren Waller here. 7,100 FanDuel, 6,000 DK at Atlanta. If you're not going Travis Kelsey and you do want to pay up, I guess Waller's a nice option. Yeah, you're paying up, but you're uh, you're not paying up nearly as much. Uh, he's $900 cheaper than Kelsey on FanDuel. He's $1,000 cheaper than Kelsey on DraftKings. Obviously, Kelsey has insane upside because of of how he's used and how good the chiefs offense is and the chiefs are going to throw a lot more than the raiders but raiders we mentioned with Derek carr they have a lot of upside this week against atlanta darren waller leads all tight ends and target share he's he sees more volume than kelsey it might not be as high uh value volume but it's more volume 28 percent target share pretty much Steady throughout the year, uh, f- top five in the league across all positions. Atlanta, not only did they rank last in schedule adjusted points to quarterbacks, last in schedule adjusted points to tight ends as well. 
and Evan Ingram. 5,600 FanDuel, 4,500 DraftKings at Cincinnati. Huge target share. Yeah, uh, especially uh, over the last month, he's seen at least 24% of the Giants' targets in three of their last four games. In two of those games, he's been over 30% target share. So between uh, him and Shepard, we have a, a super concentrated passing attack. We we love those concentrated passing attacks. I've talked about it with uh, Jefferson and the Vikings. It's just when you know one of two guys is, is going to get the ball, it just minimizes the chance that some random player is going to uh, ruin the floor for your players. If we go and look at yeah, tight end over the last month. I mean, tight end, Hello? suddenly, we, we've said it probably every week lately, it's a complete wasteland. And outside of, I, I guess, uh, Mark Andrews is still in the big three, uh, Waller, Kelsey, and Andrews, Evan Ingram, the only tight end besides those guys with at least 20% of team targets and 20% of, um, of air yards over the past uh, month. Cincinnati's 27th in schedule just fantasy points allowed. Uh, so obviously upside there too with uh, Evan Ingram uh, against that defense. Well, TJ, you're obviously thinking about the old uh, tight end defense stack when it comes to <laughs> yeah. cash, right? So we'll just go with the Giants, 4,300 Fanduel, 3,200 DK at Cincinnati. I mean, this is, again, almost a no-brainer. Yeah, do we just go wide receiver, tight end, defense stack? Just assume that the Giants blow out the Bengals through the air and, and their defense uh, uh, gets a defensive touchdown in there? Is that what we're hoping for? Yeah, I think that's your strategy <laughs> this week. Don't don't act like you're questioning this to me. I feel like you're the one that put the plays down. You're thinking it's a it's a unique stack with the Giants this week. Yeah, Giants, they're, they're favored by six. Uh, they're playing against Brandon Allen, who just got called mm -hmm. up. Uh, from the practice squad, he uh, Brandon Allen had three starts for the Broncos last year. He completed uh, a big old whopping 46% of his passes. So um, they they decided that he was the player that they needed to start this week. Cincinnati near the bottom of the league uh, in pressure rate allowed. The uh, Bengals are projected for under 19 points. That the, that's the lowest projected point total of any team uh, this week. So uh, behind a bad offensive line, I mean, I, th I think things could get pretty ugly. Uh, so, I mean, it's it's really just you're playing Brandon Allen and you're playing against Brandon Allen and, and you lock in the Giants. All right. And then the Raiders, 3,600 Fandle, 2,300 DK. I mean, they're just really, really cheap. That's really it. There's no, there's no other reason. Um, the both sites actually did a a really good job of pricing up the favorites this week, pricing up uh, teams that are in spots that have ceilings for their defenses. On Fanduel, it's easier to um, afford those defenses, like the the Saints at 4,800 are are one that I'm really targeting. On DraftKings, it's always pretty tough to stomach pain all the way up at defense, especially in cash games. So, I mean, Raiders are, they're simply the cheapest favorite of the week. They're favored by three, um, all the way at 2,300 on DraftKings. That's, that's always really enticing and sure that game has a crazy high over under, but we've seen tons of times. It, it doesn't need to be a low scoring game for a defense to have a, a good game. Sometimes games are high scoring because a defense lucked into uh, a pick six or maybe not even lucked into it like in these games where there is going to be a lot of passing i mean that's just more opportunities for crazy things to happen more opportunities for sacks more opportunities for interceptions so the cheapest favorite of the week if you're going to punt might as well be with the team that's favored i don't blame you there either okay so before we get to our game theory we all love those snake drafts. We love the big prizes. We don't all love the big entry fees and the multi-week contests. So, Underdog Fantasy just released an all-new format for their snake drafts called Battle Royale. And in Battle Royale, you draft a one-week team like you normally would, but instead of only competing against the other teams in your specific draft, you compete with teams from other drafts. This way, they pool together the prizes. They can offer big tournament-style payouts while keeping the live snake draft format. So if you think this is your week and you could draft the best team, you got to try Battle Royale. It offers the big upside a normal snake draft can't with prizes that used to be only attainable in season-long or salary cap tournaments. First Battle Royale up now on the Underdog app and website. 
Five bucks to enter, has a $20,000 prize pool, pays out 4K to first place. Mr. TJ, let's talk about week 12 leverage plays in this week's uh, strategy game yeah, theory I mean, segment. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's it's a very um, impacted week as, as far as content. We obviously had the Thanksgiving slate, so we're, we're kind of cramming. It's almost like cramming two weeks of, of work into one week with that slate. So theory takes a long time, man. Like, I know we, they're like, it's a maybe a 20-minute segment out of a... Uh, out of an hour long podcast, but it, that, that takes as much prep as it to all of the other plays. Sometimes as long as, uh, as at least coming up with the idea of some of the articles. So, uh, it was really just a time restriction thing this week. So I figured, Hey, let's talk about some leverage and tournament plays at the end of the podcast this week. And we'll get back to the theory part uh, next week. Okay. So there's some games that you highlighted here and you wanted to yeah. go Ra- Raiders game first, uh, Raiders Falcons. And I just want to bring up here, um, if, if Gurley's out, Hill's going to be your cash game build. If you want to yeah, open some things yeah. up in tournaments too. Yeah. Uh, Brian Hill is down at, at $4,000. Um, if Gurley's out, Gurley, uh, missing practice this week. So in that high scoring game, the, the Falcons surprisingly have been a team that have been, uh, not as, as, as pass heavy as some people have anticipated. They've been near the top of the league in the last couple of years. They've been around, uh, middle of the pack uh, this year. I mean, maybe that has a little bit to do with with Gurley being there, um, but but we've seen Hill be okay in spot duty before, and there's going to be a lot of touchdown opportunity here. But from a a GPP standpoint, I just got breaking news too. You guys will know this by the time you listen to this. Gurley's out. Gurley's out. Field okay. Gurley is out. So Gurley out. So um, so Brian Hill is at four thousand dollars on DraftKings. So he's going to be. That uh, proverbial free square in cash. Is this our first ever live breaking news on our podcast? Yeah. Again, the only problem is it's not. <laughs> it's not live. You know, people can't really hear it. So. Well, they'll hear it. They'll hear it. In a yeah. Couple hours, so but. usually we're by Wednesday night. We're doing the show. and We know all the news. But Fridays right. when dudes start getting axed mm-hmm. for the week. Right. So. Um, so. So yeah. yeah so that's gonna. Um, that's gonna present there's already going to be a, a lot of leverage opportunities here um josh jacobs isn't necessarily going to be a leverage opportunity off of brian hill because i think people would have uh already been rostering jacobs because he's going to be uh on on a high scoring offense um but the probably the most popular players in this game are going to be calvin ridley darren waller and then on the quarterback side of things Derek carr so how can you play a game that's high scoring uh, with very popular teams of fine leverage. Well, the one of the easiest ways is go to the correlated quarterback. Um, like I mentioned when I was talking about Derek Carr, both of these teams allow a lot of deep passes. Uh, that means a lot of upside. And Matt Ryan obviously has the weapons in Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley to attack teams through the air. Uh, so I like having a, a fair amount of Matt Ryan stacks in my GPP portfolio. If I'm playing three backs, I still might, I, I might, I like the leverage of having Matt Ryan over Derek Carr. We know Derek Carr has floor games in his range of outcomes because of just how the Raiders call, call plays. So that's a really good leverage play there. Um, Hayden Hurst, as long as he plays, he's going to be a great leverage play. Darren Waller's probably going to be uh, the highest owned tight end on the slate. Uh, he, unless Kelsey edges him out, but they should be, both around that 15% range. Hayden Hurst with injury concerns. If he's active, I would expect him to be around that 7% range. So uh, could be anywhere from from two to, to four times uh, as popular. Darren Waller versus Hurst. And Hurst is obviously going to have touchdown upside here. And a lot of this depends on, on Julio's status. I mean, Julio's limited practice will probably play. But, I mean, last week, what, he only played 30% of the snap. So if he's coming on and off the field... He might just be decoy status, so it opens up things also for a guy like uh, Russell Gage, who saw his targets and, and uh, snaps spike with Julio coming in and out last week. So uh, leverage plays here, Matt Ryan, uh, Hayden Hurst, Russell Gage. Just got some more news. Thielen not expected to play. Thielen not expected to play. Jefferson, even more of a cash game play. Pretty much everything we said about him. Um, and we just – it's it's – it's like we planned this. The next uh, next game on the slate we are going to talk about. Just real quick, and then Austin Eckler has looked a lot better 
they're going to make a decision on him. The Chargers will tomorrow. So, again, you'll have this news out there when you're listening to this, but maybe some of you didn't catch this news, so you're just learning it now. Big stuff. A lot of stuff going on here. Um, All right, let's go to that next game. Vikings-Panthers. So it's – oh, I had a guy tell me this today. I thought it was really bad the first time he said it. Rudolph the Red Zone Reindeer. It's Christmas. (laughs) It was awful. It was awful. What are we doing? What are we doing? But actually, I'm going to take it. I'm, I'm going to take it. I, the more I I think about it, it's kind of funny. So Vikings, Panthers, go from there. Uh, the pretty much the the most obvious leverage play here, besides um, I'm I'm not going to repeat the pun. Uh, besides Rudolph or or <laughs> the tight ends, even even Irv Smith. Uh, yeah. Irv Smith is going to have some upside there if he's at, if he's active and healthy. Um, but we're going to have a, a massive leverage opportunity here with Thielen out. I would expect. Justin Jefferson to be around the the most popular wide receiver on the slate. I think Calvin Ridley will be up there. Um, and then Dalvin Cook, despite his price tag, he's going to be the most popular running back on the slate. The Vikings are favorites. Uh, they have a point total above 27, which is in that second tier. And they're going to have two of the most popular players on the slate. Insane leverage opportunity here to roster Kirk Cousins, to stack him uh, with Dalvin, to stack him with Jefferson. This is an offense that I think we're going to double stack um, just because obviously if Dalvin scores a couple times, there's not going to be a huge ceiling. But Dalvin can correlate with Kirk Cousins because he will catch a couple passes. Obviously, single stack with Cousins and Jefferson in line. But, I mean, I think – Cousins probably draws around 5% ownership in a pretty high scoring game. I talked about his efficiency when I was talking about Justin Jefferson, highest touchdown rate in the league over, uh, over the last six weeks. So the volume's always going to be a concern for his floor, but in tournaments, we're thinking about ceiling. How do you get ceilings through hyper efficiency? He's been throwing the ball deep. He can score three touchdowns on, on 22, 23 passes. Um, and he's cheap, and he's going to be low-owned. And then bringing it back, DJ Moore's been playing well. Curtis Samuel has been getting a ton of usage uh, with Christian McCaffrey out out of the backfield, target share up. A lot of people are down on Robbie Anderson, but over the last month, still seen 28% of targets. I know they've been lower average depth of targets than we've been used to with Robbie Anderson, but he's seen insane volume especially on DraftKings where you can make up points with volume if you're if you're only going to run a single stack with the Vikings but you still want three players from that game Robbie Anderson despite being the highest volume receiver on his team might end up being the th- the third highest owned receiver on his own team so I really like him as a leverage player wow. to bring it back option to that game wow that's saying something uh browns jaguars james robinson just keeps popping here Mm -hmm. like is he gpp viable or is it more of a cash play this didn't seem like is this a ceiling game for him um i mean at this point just it's just volume equals floor and ceiling we Mm -hmm. don't have any other running backs outside of of dalvin and and uh and derrick henry that have 20 touch floors and James Robinson, he's, he's seen 20 touches every game. He's seen all of the backfield work. I know he lost some work last week, but that was, um, that was just garbage time. They, they sat him. They were getting smoked against the Steelers, but as long as the game's relatively close, despite the tough match matchup, James Robinson's going to be in there. Uh, I, I mean, Mike Glennon had a quote about wanting to let it rip because he doesn't know how many chances he's going to get. I don't know if they're going to call the plays to, to let him quote unquote, let it rip, especially with DJ shark out. Uh, so, I mean, James Robinson is a guy he's, he's top of our value report on DraftKings, top two on FanDuel. I didn't write him up as a cash game play. Cause I mean, his, his floor is scary as a big underdog, but as this running back pool gets even thinner now with the things you just mentioned, I mean, you have to consider him in all formats. Uh, I already talked about the Browns' backfield. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, they're going to cannibalize each other's ownership a little bit, but I think combined they'll be around 30% ownership. So if you look at uh, 
them just as a backfield, they're going to account for a huge percentage of the running back ownership and of the offensive ownership. So the leverage play, I don't know if there's enough meat on the bone just to, to stack the Browns um, as an offense. I mean, I, I, I do actually kind of like it because of their point uh, total, but I would understand why people are hesitant to, to roll out like a Baker Mayfield stack. But we've seen these opportunities before where teams have a lot of scoring potential, where they have chalk on either heavy on the passing game or heavy on the running game, and you go the other way with it. And this week the chalk is going to be, again, combined ownership on the Browns rushing game. So I actually like Rashard Higgins either as a standalone play or um, contrarian stack with Baker Mayfield. Rashard Higgins uh, seen his target share going up, but really seeing that big average depth of target against the Jaguars defense. Again, they struggle in every facet of, de- of, of the game. They're bottom 10 and adjust fantasy points allowed to every single skill position. And then bringing it back, I mentioned DJ Chark out. Keelan Cole has been seeing his work go up a little bit. Does he step into a wide receiver one role? He has an unknown quarterback. How is Mike Glennon going to spread out the targets now, especially without Chark? So I think Cole's a sneaky, whether stack or even a a, um, a non-traditional secondary stack. If you want to stick on the Browns, maybe a Nick Chubb and a Keelan Cole mini stack is the way to go here. Keelan Cole. How about LaVisca Chenault? I don't want him either. Just don't bring him up. Sorry. I yeah, asked. I haven't. I haven't. Um, I spit I him out of my mouth. It was an accident. <laughs> Let's just move on. Bills Chargers. So you said you didn't like Mike Williams that much, right? Right. But on the Bills side, there's got to be a couple of guys. Gabe Davis. Who else? Who do we like here on the Bills side? Gabe Davis and Keelan. And um, I'm sorry, not Keelan Cole. We just talked about him. And uh, Cole Beasley. Uh, I mean, we've seen Gabriel Davis has been a, a deep threat, used as a deep threat when John Brown has been out. John Brown is out on Sunday. Uh, so he doesn't need crazy volume to have uh, GPP upside, especially at his discounted salary. And then Cole Beasley, we've seen him get double-digit targets out of the slot. Uh, and he's also been their favorite target inside the 10-yard line. So he's actually been the guy, not Stephon Diggs, that Josh Allen has been looking to when they've got close to the goal line. So with John Brown out, both of those guys have uh, a ton of potential. I mean, you it's, it's always hard to double stack Josh Allen because he will do so much with his legs. Uh, but I, I do think that given the salaries of Gabriel Davis and Cole Beasley, you can definitely make the argument where you roll out a Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, and then either Gabriel or Cole Beasley this week. Uh, I, I'm i pretty sure people are going to look to this game, and it makes sense. You, you want to stack both sides of it. But I mentioned one reason I'm hesitant on Mike Williams is because the Bills have really limited the deep pass. Justin Herbert, 25% of his fantasy production has come specifically on deep passes on passes that are thrown 20 yards or more downfield. So those are high variance plays. A quarter of his production has come just on deep balls. So there's a lot of, there's a huge range of outcomes when you're relying on the deep ball like that against a team that could really limit that. I think we can see Justin Herbert struggle. I, I think there's actually a bills blowout in the range of outcomes in this game. And I, I think people are going to think a back and forth shootout here. Um, I could, if they are able to limit that deep ball, I actually like going kind of not heavy, but looking to the bills defense as a contrarian play this week, looking at the bills D as a contrarian place. So you're not sold on the chargers offense this week. No, because of the I mean, matchup. It, it makes sense to to play them. the The numbers are telling this, telling us that it's going to be high scoring. I mean, Justin Herbert is. We've seen them catch fire, and it's it's not like the Bills are just automatically going to stop the Chargers because they haven't given up a, a bunch of deep balls. But I I do think there is a scenario where Bills really just smoke the Chargers in this one, and Justin Herbert struggles. So the the defense is going to have an opportunity to have a really good day if the bills can get up big quick 
Fascinating. I like that stat on Herbert too. So you're maybe not the best matchup for him. Yeah. As far as uh, the defense will be playing. Mm-hmm. Chiefs box. My guy this week, Antonio Brown and cash. Uh, he's just seeing a ton of volume. He's not getting a lot of yards after the catch, but for yeah. me, this is this is a game where the Bucks. Well, who the hell knows? Maybe I feel like Mahomes just going to tear these guys up. So Antonio Brown's a guy I'm considering in cash. Well, yeah, I mean, um, he he's Tom Brady's roommate, right? So mm-hmm. that 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 gives them the uh, the uh, narrative of uh, of that. And then he's seen 14 targets. Um, in a game or i mean that's that's pretty hard to ignore i mean their passing volume uh was a little bit inflated uh we have a constant uh not a concentrated kind of a diluted passing target share evans godwin and and antonio brown have all kind of been clumped together in terms of targets but if you're getting that kind of volume at a not a crazy not a high salary by any means i mean you definitely have to consider it um I I like both Brown and Mike Evans in a tournament format because the Chiefs do have a really high total, or this game has a really high total, and a lot of people are going to be on the Chiefs side of it. I don't know if I want to correlate it with Brady. I think I like Antonio Brown and Mike Evans more as, as, as bringbacks in Chiefs stacks. Um, but another side that I really like in this game uh, Tyreek Hill is going to be insanely popular. We already talked about Travis Kelsey. Obviously, Mahomes is going to be up there in ownership. We have to look at Clyde Edwards-Hilaire as a leverage play. I mean, he we were worried about Le'Veon Bell coming in and them having a true split. And Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he's not up at like the, the 80% touch share he was seeing earlier in the year, but he's still around 60 to 65 of the running back work and in offense that has the potential every single week to be the highest scoring of the week. Um, he, along with Antonio Brown and Mike Evans, I think are the leverage plays in this game. Very good stuff. I like this. Anything you want to add or are we done with this? That was that was really fun. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we can't do that every single week because it's, it's, it's given away a, a lot of, of what we give to our subscribers. But on the short week, I thought it would be fun to kind of peel back the curtain on what we're offering weekly um, in our tournament content, what we're talking about on discord every week. We actually don't have uh, an AMA on, on discord this week because of the holiday weekend. So uh, this is kind of uh, the kind of things we're talking about um, on there. I mean, I staying on the tournament thing before we get out of here, I think Alvin Kamara is a super interesting play just because people are obviously really low on him, only getting one target. Uh, the narrative that Taysom Hill is not going to throw to him, I think is way overblown. You just, you don't not throw to a guy like Elvin Kamara. So we're going to get Kamara at sub 10% ownership, which is very, very rare. So he's a, he's a guy that not necessarily leveraged like we're talking about in this segment, but just a, a guy that stands out to me this week too in tournaments. Wow. All right. Cause I am a little concerned about it. Uh, Mr. Kamara yeah, in the past. We should be, game. but I mean, like you were, we're all concerned and but that's why we want to we want to bet on the fact that maybe we're wrong or bet on the talent side of it right yeah. like that's the the gpp is we're we're looking for the the outlier or the unknown situation so yeah. i mean obviously there's concern but the concern is why his ownership's going to get driven way down so um he's i think he's a great tournament play this week the um if I make six or seven lineups every week, I would think I'll have him in just one. Yeah. Uh, it, but I, I think you got to have some exposure. You got to have like a little exposure to him this week, just in case. 90% of people won't. Really? That many people will just completely fade him, no matter how many. That's. Yeah. All right. Very good. <laughs> I got it. Let's get out of here, TJ. Come on. I'm, I got my uh, Thanksgiving hangover. There's football. There's basketball. I'm yeah, we have leftover, leftover turkey sandwiches to make. Uh, I had lobster. Oh, I didn't even have turkey. I'm, I, I had lobster and salmon. It was a really weird one. And eggplant parm. Who said you have to eat turkey? Nobody. The turkey's not even that great. It's a stupid rule. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> Just like the lions playing on Thanksgiving. Stupid rule. It is. We need to get rid of them. I'm yep. sorry. It's just it, fine. Cowboys, a lot of Cowboys fans, leave it there. But let's make let's make the Lions have a 500 season before they can host 
a Thanksgiving game again. That's my opinion on this. I'm sticking to it. It's not a hot take. It's just logic. Yep. They suck. I'm, I'm so sick I'm of with, watching I'm with them. you on it. God, it's like <laughs> every year, let's just put the worst run organization, one of the five worst run organizations of all time out there. Let's just do it because it's a yeah. tradition. <laughs> yeah. So dumb. All right. That, that's my final thoughts, TJ. How about you? I like it. Um, well, I guess uh, before we get out of here, Black Friday to Cyber Monday, uh, this podcast will release. Uh, we're recording Friday. It'll release Friday evening through Monday. Access to the DFS subscription for the rest of the year is only $14. So uh, make sure sign up now. If, if you're not signing up now, then I, I don't even know what to tell you anymore. We still have five weeks left of the regular season, maybe more. Uh, a few weeks of playoffs so lots of value there uh, if you want more of what we're talking about here check us out on twitter holden's at holden radio 444 is at 444 football i'm at tj hernandez we'll talk to you guys next week so look at here check the flavor of the rhythm i wrote and while i get a chance here let me clear my throat oh have mercy babe. Ha! i hope they don't mind let me clear my throat these monitors right here music in the monitors and it's all a little something like this here <laughs> now if y'all want to party like we do if y'all want to party like us let me hear say ah 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 if y'all want to party like we do if y'all want to party like us let me hear say You say-